0: Our uniforms were completely different from the men's uniforms. We wore skirts, we wore one-inch heels, we wore the cutest little sailor hat, but it didn't stay on, and we carried our weapons in a purse. I think we were probably the best dressed female police officers in the country, but Our uniforms were a hindrance.
1: That's Yvonne Bechet. This is UnPrisoned. I'm Eve Abrams. In 1968, Bechet was one of the first women to become a New Orleans police officer. Seven women entered the police academy. Five came out. Up until then, most officers were white men.
0: So they used the African-American women to integrate the cars so that they would keep down the, well, the complaints from the officers.
1: Like chivalry would trump racism? Yes, it did too. It soon became clear Bechet had extraordinary instincts about what people needed to get along. Very early in her police career, Bechet was assigned to the second district uptown. She arrived on a Sunday morning to find only one officer there. The others had called in sick.
0: Because they knew I was an African-American.
1: Her boss was ready to suspend the whole lot of them. He called Bechet in.
0: He asked me what I thought, and I said, these officers have families to support. They can't afford to be suspended (laughs) for a bad choice. So he asked me what I thought should be their punishment, and I said an apology, which I received and everybody went back
1: to work. During her 22 years on the force, Bechet was also a very successful undercover narcotics officer, a job once considered too dangerous for women. She remembers how New Orleans' hot, humid summers worked against the outfit for this job, too, because drug dealers. They like for you
0: to use drugs with them. And I had to wear long sleeve blouses in the summer to hide the fact that I had no needle marks in my arm. And I distinctly remember what I had on the first buy I made. What was it? It was a pair of yellow pants and a yellow shirt and a Afro wig. When I went to court, I passed right by the uh, defendant and his entourage, and he didn't recognize me until I got on the stand. (laughs)
1: Bechet's most enduring legacy came after she was promoted to commander of the Community Relations Division after just two years on the force. Like community relations officers across the nation, Bechet oversaw a federally funded program called Officer Friendly, sending police officers into elementary schools armed with coloring books and stickers. But the crowning achievement of Bechet's Community Relations Division were summer talent shows, held each week in the city's 11 housing projects.
0: Chocolate Milk was our volunteer band. And each week, we'd go to a different housing project. And they'd sign the kids up and they'd get on stage and perform. It was just a, a miraculous thing to see those kids perform in front of a large crowd because the whole project would come out to see. They take this big old, long, huge courtyard, right? And you get over 500 people
1: each week. Alfred Marshall is 58 years old now, but he was 13 and living in the Calliope projects when the police talent shows started up. People are
0: hollering, people are screaming, you got different performers, and it was all about love. It was just a positive vibes, you know, and it made you proud of everybody who performed.
1: Ruby Brown Davis was growing up in the Magnolia Projects back in the early 70s. Davis's little brother, Reuben Brown, was one of those performers. He was 15 at the time and part of a duo called the Fantastic Two. It
0: was me and Albert Chin. Albert was a dancer, you know. He could listen to music and put any kind of steps together. He was dancing like Jam Brown. Like when I fall on my knees, he would throw the cape on me and he would split. i get a lot of my dance moves offer uh, how the person was singing the
1: song. This is Ruben's partner, Albert Chin. Albert was inspired by groups like the OJs and the Temptations, but he came up with his own dance moves for their routines to Jackson 5 numbers. I
0: would sing while he danced. When I had you. I treated you bad.
1: These talent shows were particularly remarkable considering the civil unrest in New Orleans in the early nineteen seventies.
0: It was a very difficult time for police officers. We had been attacked by a sniper from a large building, a high-rise
1: building. That sniper, 24-year-old Mark Essex, targeted white people and police, killing four civilians and five NOPD officers, including the department's deputy chief, Sergeant Louis Sergo, a hero of Bechet's. In the poorest parts of the city, the Black Panthers ran social programs, feeding breakfast to kids and warning them about brutality within the NOPD. So when Bechet's officers began recruiting for talent shows, some public housing residents were a little skeptical. Bechet says the talent shows helped mend these relationships.
0: The people trusted the police and the police then trusted the people. It made it easier for say, a detective who was trying to solve a burglary, did you see anybody? You'd be surprised at how many people would surround that detective and give him answers. We don't have that relationship today.
1: Are the days gone when policemen and people in politics had relationships with people in the community where they knew who to talk to? Oliver Thomas, a former New Orleans City Council member, also wonders what happened to those relationships. He recently raised this question on his morning call-in radio show on WBOK. Is there that level of disconnect now? In fact, there is no Community Relations Department anymore. And in 2011, the U.S. Department of Justice found that, quote, within the NOPD, the concept of community policing is poorly understood and implemented only superficially, end quote. Under a federal consent decree, the department's community ratings have been improving. Today, every officer is trained to engage the community, says Lieutenant Jeanette Williams.
0: You know, it's it's not just crime fighting, it's community policing. You know, even if it's as small as I'm in a store and I'm in uniform and I'm interacting with someone to just give them that humanistic approach because that's really how we get people to recognize that, hey, we're just regular people, we just wear a different uniform.
1: Bechet spent 22 years on the force and worked her way up to deputy superintendent. Today, her legacy lives on in the NOPD, where nearly one quarter of police officers are women. Among younger officers, Bechet and her talent shows are still legendary. Lieutenant Jeanette Williams. She's a
0: a pioneer in the field, a great role model. My only regret is I wish I could have been here to see her in action.
1: People who grew up in public housing remember those talent shows too. All the Michael Jackson covers and crooners singing like Marvin Gaye. But they also remember a relationship with police based less on patrolling and more on cultivating the good in people. Alfred Marshall.
0: For them to come in and do something like that was you know, heroic to me. It was exciting to me.
1: At the end of each summer, the top acts from each project competed at an annual citywide talent show. In 1972, several thousand people gathered in City Park Stadium to watch. Ruben Brown and Elbert Chin, the winners from the Magnolia Project, went there to compete.
0: We were with some black and red checker pants with a black shirt. I'd remember walking into the stadium. It was just a beautiful warm night, stars in the sky. We got this. That's where I felt. Everybody was screaming and hollering. <laughs> Everybody. I probably screamed the loudest. <laughs> well, when I got down to the end of my song, I, I, I love you like that. I wiped my face and I threw the towel out and all audience. and the girls they all scream in the crowd, you know, right over the little towel. You know, everybody was capping, they was rooting for him, and they was calling him out the winner. As a matter of fact, the lady that you all are talking
1: about, I
0: was sitting on her lap, police officer lap.
1: Yvonne Bechet, you were sitting on her yes. lap?
0: I was sitting on her lap, yes ma'am. And when they said I would name, I, I think I jumped up, I think she jumped up, right? and we ran, you know, to the stage.
1: Chin says when the announcers called out his group's name, the Fantastic Two, he jumped up. Yvonne Boucher jumped up, and they both ran to the stage. Elbert Chin and Ruben Brown were handed a first-place trophy, along with a check for $100. And after five hours of listening, the audience hollered for more. Yvonne Boucher became a police officer because she wanted to make a difference in her community. She knows she helped show thousands of young New Orleanians that police officers could be their allies. She's 84 years old now, and long gone are her struggles with awkward police uniforms. But one wardrobe problem remains.
0: I'm a fan of clothing. (laughs) I love colorful clothing. My closet door keeps coming off the track because I have so many clothes in there. And the maintenance person here, every time he comes in, he says... Miss Yvonne, you have too much clothes. I said, I don't think that's for you to decide.
1: <laughs> um, Prison's theme music is by Greg Schatz. Our editors are Katie Rectal and Vicki Merrick. Our producer is Gianna Sachere. Hear the entire first season of Unprisoned and see Cheryl Gerber's gorgeous photographs at Unprisoned.org. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and tune in here next week, same time, same place, for another brand new episode of Unprisoned. This is Unprisoned. I'm Eve Abrams.